Welcome to the CFI Podcast, hosted by Canadian Forest Industries Magazine, Canada's leading national logging and solid wood products magazine since 1881. You've tuned in to hear compelling conversations on hot topics and trends in the logging and wood products industries with experts from across Canada. This podcast brought to you by MNP features Chris Duncan, our national leader of forestry and forest product services. MNP, wherever business takes you. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the CFI podcast. I'm your host, Ellen Cools, editor of Canadian Forest Industries magazine. Thanks for tuning in. For today's episode, we'll be speaking with Chris Duncan, national leader of forestry and forest product services at MNP about succession planning. In 2016, CFI launched the Contractor Survey, surveying logging contractors across Canada to learn more about the challenges facing them. We've conducted the survey every two years since then, including this year, and one of the key trends that has emerged is that many loggers don't have a succession plan, which creates uncertainty about the future of their business. MNP provides tools and services to help forestry companies figure out their succession plans. That's why Chris is here today to discuss the importance of succession plans, the challenges that forestry companies might face, the key elements that should be included in a plan, and more. Chris, thanks for joining us. Hi, Ellen. Thank you uh, very much for having me today and uh, uh, allowing me to talk about this very important topic. Of course. So as I'm sure many of our listeners know, the forestry workforce tends to be older. According to the results of our 2020 contractor survey, the average age of logging contractors across Canada is 50 years old, and 27% of contractors plan to exit the industry in five years or less. But 36% say they have no plan for the company after they retire. Obviously, these aren't great numbers, but in general, why is it important that a logger or a sawmill owner have a succession plan in place before they retire? Well, I think the the key thing is is having that plan in place before you retire <clears throat> allows you to maximize the the benefit, so to speak, of retirement. So um, you don't want to be somebody who's uh, reached retirement and you're scrambling to figure out how you get out of your business. Uh, I always say to people, it doesn't matter if you're 65 or if you're 35, you should always have an idea on how you're going to get out of your business in the future. So things change. Um, doesn't necessarily always mean it's retirement. Sometimes it's it's health. And when you look at the average uh, logging contractor age across Canada being 50 years old, uh, I mean, 50 years old is the age where you start seeing some of that uh, health impacts from the wear and tear of, of uh, the logging profession being out there up early in the mornings, not necessarily taking uh, the best care of yourself sometimes. So um, it's, if you have a plan in place, then you're kind of, you're, you're protecting yourself on two things. And, and we try to help people come up with two different plans. One is like an emergency plan. So if uh, the stuff hit the fan tomorrow morning, what's gonna happen to your business? And the second one would be, okay, uh, retirement and we always say the bare minimum number of years you should be planning for retirement ahead of time as to what's going to happen with your logging contracting business is five years and that's that's the absolute shortest runway that you should be looking at so in reality when we're, we're saying the average age is 50 um, and only 20 
uh, 27% figure that they're going to exit in the next five years or less, but only 36% um, don't have a plan at all. That's a scary fact because, um, I mean, the there, there's there's a few ways to look at it. Um, the, the folks need to think about, okay, if I was going to get out tomorrow morning, what would happen? Well, lots of people would say, oh, I just go take my equipment to the auction and, and sell off. But that isn't necessarily the, the best idea either because you're at the mercy of the markets. And depending on when you decide to take your stuff to the auction, it uh, could be good good pricing, could be terrible pricing. So you, so you never know. But the, the key is, is for, for the sake of the business, for the sake of your employees, um, a succession plan and an emergency plan is is a key thing that you definitely want to uh, be thinking about. Yeah, absolutely. You make a lot of good points there. Um, but why do you think so many forestry professionals don't have a succession plan in place? Uh, I mean, honestly, it's it's funny. You, you talk to folks, and and I think part of it is they're busy trying to run their business. And when you look at uh, uh, the logging contracting world, there's very slim margins. Uh, you, you're focused on the day-to-day, -day, trying to, to f really focus on what's going to happen that week and what's going to happen next week and, the, and the, maybe the month after that. Um, a lot of folks aren't thinking five or ten years out, um, and I, th I think that's a key part of it. The, the other part is, I mean, they're spending a lot of time, in most cases, out in the bush and uh, not necessarily in talking to their advisors about stuff, um, uh, some of that stuff about how, how to get out. Uh, there's also, a, a, you know, it's an industry very similar to the construction industry or something like that, that uh, there's a lot of pride in, in their businesses and for a lot of logging contractors to, to even think about retirement, um, uh, it is kind of they see it as kind of a letdown in some aspects and it's interesting talking to folks that are 65 years old and and they haven't even thought about retirement yet because they, they love what they do so I think some of those are definitely the key reasons mm -hmm. yeah I know that a lot of loggers are just so in love with what they're doing they just don't ever want to think about leaving so no and that's that's something you know I always kind of say to lots of folks too is is that if you're thinking about uh, retiring or leaving the, the business make sure you have other stuff that you like to do besides work because uh, if this is all you've known for 30 years uh, I, I've seen a few clients of mine that I've worked with and uh, they can struggle for the first few years before they realize that they don't have to get up at uh, the four o'clock in the morning and go to work anymore now if they want to get up at four o'clock in the morning at least they can go fishing so uh, um, yeah, it's a, a bit of a mindset into a shift into retirement, and, and I think a lot of the guys struggle with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, but whether loggers have a, a succession plan or not also varies by province. Um, according to the results of our 2020 contractor survey, the loggers in Quebec are least likely to have a succession plan, followed by those in Atlantic Canada and Alberta. Do you have any insights as to why this might be? Uh, I mean, I think part of it is if you look at each of those provinces or, or uh, geographic regions of Canada, if you look at the, the trend in forestry in those areas, um, some of them are having a bit of a struggle, like Atlantic Canada. I mean, there's uh, definitely 
some interesting times in Atlantic Canada. And, uh, you know, it's hard to think about succeeding in your business or succession plan for your business when you're, you're struggling with the day to day, when your mill's shutting down and, and you're having impact like that and you're trying to find new markets. It's really hard to think about what, how you're going to get out of your business, um, as far as retirement goes. Uh, the other thing is, I think um, some of the some of the provinces have some pretty st- strong trade organizations that uh, um, help the logging contractor base out as far as um, reminding them that there's options out there for for succession and connecting them with other people. Uh, and and it's kind of you look at the cycles in the industry and and unfortunately in the past historically that's how people people have gotten out historically when times are not good it's basically i'm not making any more money and i want out of this thing um the the ideal situation would be is we get to a point where the industry's uh got a constant flow in and out because um we don't have people uh leaving the industry but the other issue is is for for many cases if you you have to find a buyer if you want to sell your business as a whole and uh, there's fewer and fewer 35 year olds going into this industry. And uh, when you look at some of those um, areas, it, it, it'd be hard to convince a, a 35 year old to go into, uh, into uh, for instance, I'll say Nova Scotia or something like that because of uh, the government policy shutting mills down uh, due to environmental issues and things like that. It's uh, the, the full blown uh, impact across it. Um, I can't really comment a, a whole lot on Quebec. Um, not, uh, I don't have a, a big presence in uh, Quebec there, but um, uh, definitely Alberta. Um, Alberta seems to be a perpetual battle between the, uh, the the oil patch for for employees, and and that can, you know, if you're struggling to find employees, uh, you're struggling uh, as a business owner to. Uh, just keep your business going day to day. You're you're struggling with HR issues day to day. It's it's really hard to look forward to the that horizon, so to speak. Yeah, that's definitely a good point. There are a lot of challenges facing loggers today, and succession planning is just one aspect of it. Most definitely, succession planning is just a little key key piece of of it. And I mean, uh, you look at all the daily challenges that they face as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but for those loggers who are looking to create a succession plan or have the beginnings of one in their mind, uh, what should they be aware of? Uh, I think the first thing I definitely would always say is never assume anything. I've sat with many logging clients that that assume that the next generation is going to take take on the business and sometimes that next generation has watched mom and dad work so hard on this this business and they don't they don't want to put their family through the same same thing um the other thing is is sometimes people just don't have the ownership mentality so i always say if if you're looking at a family transition um of of your business uh to definitely definitely start early and work through it the the more that you can work side by side um, the longer, the, the better. Uh, the, it'll make a stronger business in in the long run. And for the for the outgoing logger who's 
in their 50s to 60s and they've got their kids in the business, be open to new ideas. I think that's the number one reason that when I've sat down with the potential new generation coming into a business and, and the comment is, oh, well, well, my parents just don't take my input at face value. And, and I mean, that can be a key, key thing. Uh, the other thing to be aware of, I mean, a succession plan costs, it, it, it's going to cost you to put a succession plan together, but it will pay back tenfold. Uh, with proper succession planning, you're minimizing your taxes, uh, you're maximizing the value of your business. And that's the key there is that if you start this thing early enough on, I mean, you could make yourself a couple hundred thousand dollars extra just by being able to maximize the, your business, working on your profitability and your key drivers, because that's that's the other part of it is, is that you want to package this thing for a sale, for instance. Um, you need to you need to package it as, as a working entity that that you will have uh, strong results and uh, and is a clean efficient machine with good good people. The other key is for a business owner is your business is always worth more if you're not that day to day micromanager owner. Uh, the more distance the owner is, you generally the the more value there is in a business because. If I'm looking at buying a logging operation, uh, I want to be able to know that I can sign the check and the owner steps away and I can step in essentially and the business continues to earn the same that it has in the past without any big impact. The other other thing to, to be aware of is that your, your succession plan is going to involve a lot of folks. Uh, it's going to involve likely your accountant your lawyer, um, your family, uh, even if you're just gonna to sell off your equipment at an auction, you should be um, thinking about uh, some of your, what do you, how are you gonna deal with the cash from those sales? How are you gonna flow it out? Uh, are you gonna, if you're an incorporated business, are you gonna keep your incorporated business around still? Um, there's a lot of factors to consider and it, if you start early enough, you you don't get overwhelmed with them, and that that's the danger. If you don't if you don't get started on this early enough, and it's and you have to deal with it all at once, it can be really overwhelming to folks. So that's why we like to start early early with our clients, and be able to kind of just do little piecemeal, deal with little pieces at a time, uh, so that it's a it's a continuing process, not a one-time event. And I think that's the key is that if you build a proper succession plan uh, and, you know, even for the new new person coming into the industry at 35 years old, if you build the succession plan from, from the get-go and it, it changes throughout the course of you running the business, by the end when you go to retire, it's, it's melded into this perfect plan that um, – uh, you can follow and, and there's no big surprises. So I think uh, be aware of how much effort it's going to take to do it, but it's worth it. It's so worth it in the long run. Yeah, there's definitely a lot to keep in mind, but it um, sounds like it's very beneficial for everyone involved. And and it's very, it's a rewarding for, for me on my end. It's so rewarding sitting with folks talking about this sort of stuff because 
um, I mean, it's impacting, it's impacting them, it's impacting their families. It's, uh, it's very rewarding. Mm. So you've already kind of touched on this a little bit, but what are some of the other key elements of a proper succession plan for forestry companies? I think, so there's, there's um, kind of, I mean, like I touched on earlier, I mean, the having that well-rounded approach to it. And, and when the other thing, like with, so succession planning is looking at your exit from the business. The other key part to look at is, is some of the, I call it like contingency or emergency planning and uh, making sure that you have things up to date. Uh, the, the worst thing that can happen is uh, the untimely comes around and you've got somebody who has no succession plan or no emergency planning. And I kind of tie, so we, we tie our emergency planning into the succession plan. And especially if we're looking at an intergenerational um, transfer of the business, what we like to do, like I, I mentioned, start early. So if you think that your um, children may be interested in, in taking on the business one day, have that candid and frank discussion with them. And then if it's looking like that may be the case, uh, start giving them some more responsibilities of what an owner would take on. And in in as part of that as well, have have worked through an emergency plan and emergency plan should consider things like um, who has check signing authority and, and banking authority for your for your business I dealt with uh, one client who passed away uh, unfortunately in an accident and there was no way to access uh, the bank accounts or even get a check signed by the company for for the first uh, number of weeks well that's crippling to a business. Luckily, all their suppliers were really understanding. But I mean, when you have a fuel supplier that's used to be used to being paid every uh, two days after drop, and all of a sudden you can't pay them, and there's four or five more drops before uh, you can actually get a check out the door, you really need to have something in place there. And uh, with the succession plan, another key part of it is. Uh, trying to map out a budget as to what you're going to need uh, in retirement. So figure out what your lifestyle needs are going to be upon retirement, because I think a lot of folks, their fear in not coming up with these succession plans is that they fear retirement and don't fully think that they have enough wealth accrued to be able to retire. And uh, a little budgeting exercise uh, on your own or with your trusted advisor will really help you determine where you need to go from there. And uh, quite often, I think people are quite surprised when you start adding up all their their net worth uh, as far as what they've accrued in their lifetime. Uh, and and I've, I've seen that a few times now where it, it changes their mindset and that they go, OK, you know what, I think retirement is something that can can happen fairly soon or in the flip side sometimes folks go you know what I just need to work for a few more years to be able to to live the lifestyle I want to in retirement so it's uh, definitely a good exercise to go through the other thing on the emergency planning is and this ties into succession as well uh, but it's sort of beyond retirement would be uh, ha having a, a updated updated and current will uh, it's it's amazing how many times I talk to folks that 
don't have a will or it's very old and, and outdated um, and might have been something that they put together when maybe when they first had kids in their in their 30s and uh, you know their business has grown substantially in size and value since then and there's real uh, no uh, no additional estate planning or will planning since then uh, the the other thing that's always good to make sure is to have power of attorneys uh, not only there's there's two different types of power of attorney so one is kind of um, for medical uh, issues so you know it, most common we see in the movies is who has the right to pull your plug uh, but the other one would be uh, uh, for business affairs so who has the right to operate your business should you be incapacitated and I mean that's something that doesn't matter how old you are uh, as a business owner uh, you should have in place for sure right yeah those are some excellent points and things that people should be keeping in mind for sure um, you kind of alluded to this, but MNP provides consultation and tools for succession planning for a wide range of businesses, uh, including forestry companies. So what tools are available for those who are trying to figure out their succession plan? Well, uh, I mean, uh, as, you, as you mentioned, Ellen, yeah, we're definitely in the business of, uh, of uh, doing this sort of work, uh, as well as taxes and, and uh, financial statements. But uh, honestly, uh, what I'm going to, I mean, I can definitely help with anything like that, but I think the key thing I'm going to talk about is a good starting point for, for folks would be on our website. We have an exit smart tool and uh, essentially what it does is it gives you uh, eight simple questions to really get your thinking about succession and thinking about what um, some of the key drivers and issues you need to be thinking about. The best part is it's free. Um, there's uh, lots of providers out there providing succession uh, services. I I always say, you know what, uh, make sure it's somebody you're comfortable with because this is really a process that uh, you should be able to pick up that phone and chat candidly and openly with the individual that's helping drive your succession plan um, because it's going to impact so many different areas. I've got an example of a client I helped succeed from their business and um, you know the number of times we met to talk about the plan and how to maximize the value of their business and then that all flowed into eventually that client getting an offer for their business and helping them proceed through that and then into the tax implications of selling their business and then uh, life after retirement the implications of you know now you're now you have money in the bank what do you do with that money and uh, I think make sure you're comfortable with, with whoever you you work with in this process be it be it somebody at MNP or uh, be it some some other organization or your your current trusted uh, advisor, whoever that may be, and then they're going to bring in specialists to help in other areas. They're going to bring in your corporate lawyer and and help them because there might be some restructuring or, or things like that that need to be done. Um, you know, they'll probably bring in an investment person to help you fit, understand what your income may look like in retirement. Uh, there's 
there's a slew of advisors, but make sure you have that one key trusted individual that is your go-to person on your succession plan. Yeah, absolutely. That's um, definitely a key thing to keep in mind if you're going to be talking about so many different aspects of your business, and that's a relationship that will be uh, years long if you're planning correctly. Correct. Yeah, exactly. It uh, it uh, should be the a lifelong uh, uh, relationship, basically. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, when you advise loggers about their succession plans, what are some of the common mistakes that you've seen? Tax would be a big one. Um, taking funds from their companies in in manners that uh, they end up paying a lot more tax than they would if they if they just did it slightly differently. Uh, quite often, the other one is is overvaluing the the business itself. So thinking that it's worth a lot more than it may be worth. Uh, on the flip side, I, I do see it sometimes that that folks undervalue their asset as well. Another big one is uh, assuming that the next generation wants to take over and they've never had that conversation. I've been present for many of those conversations and it's interesting how it goes. Uh, quite often, uh, if the financial results of the business have never been shared with that next generation, uh, it's a shocker for them to see the financials. Uh, they're used to just earning a salary no matter what and opening it up and, and showing it. I mean, I, I remember sitting at a at a at a kitchen table with a couple clients and uh, and their children, and the the husband and wife decided that year was going to be the the year they were going to actually show the financial results to their kids. Uh, they had a terrible year. They lost a million dollars, and seeing the the two kids' expressions on their face when they realized that mom and dad's business had lost a million bucks last year was was incredible. And the great news was was the next next words out of their mouths were, well, how are we going to change that? And uh, and they've gone on to to be very successful. But uh, that that comment from them proved to me right away they had an owner mentality mindset. Just from that, I, I had a strong feeling that they were going to be successful, and, and they've successfully now transitioned the business. The other one is is so many of uh, I think logging contractors across Canada always just assume. Well, how am I going to get out of my business? I don't need to. I don't need to spend any time talking to to a guy like Chris about this because I'm just going to take all my gear to the auction and sell it. And uh, you know that that's great. Uh, that's one option. Sometimes we do uh, end up going down that road, but just selling your equipment that's just a little piece of the whole succession plan so yeah we might work on a succession plan it comes up and says in the end yep let's sell the equipment take it to auction but how are you going to deal with that how are you going to get the money out of your business once you've sold all your asset you still have to get it out to yourselves personally to to live in retirement so uh, how do you do that most tax efficient approach is your structure set up in a way right now uh, to be able to do to do that thinking Oh, I'm just going to take the auction uh, is is not necessarily always the best. I, I see that quite often when I I start talking to to loggers about their succession plan. It's like, well, I'm just going to sell it off and and that's it. And it's like, okay, great, but what are you going to do after that point in time? That's the easy part. If it was that easy, everyone would just take their gear to the auction. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, if it was that easy, then I don't think we would necessarily be having this conversation right now about succession planning and how important it is. Exactly, and and it's uh, 
it's it is interesting like um once you sell your equipment then then the succession plan changes steps and now it's all about maintaining your wealth uh for the remainder of your lifetime and how do you how do you make sure that you have that wealth and, and protect it as well um how do you protect the family legacy as far as the wealth you've accrued and, and built uh, and what do you want to do with it right of course no logger really wants to see their business shut down um but what are some of the trends that you've seen with regards to succession planning and forestry over the years i would say if we were to talk 10 years ago if we were to, having this conversation 10 years ago um a lot of the trend at that time we just come out of a really bad go through through the late uh, 2000s um there was a lot of folks that were just taking their gear to auction and the gear wasn't really commanding the greatest prices at the auction at that point in time i would say the trend now is equipment has appreciated significantly like if you're to buy, go buy an, a new log loader uh back in 2010 compared to to now uh you're looking at probably uh six figures as far as the increase in price uh as far as that log loader goes just because of cost of commodities and and the us dollar etc uh so i think gear is a pre um commanding higher prices at auction right now so there is some inclination to to take your gear to auction but i think what we've also seen is there's now a, a a a change in that the the next generation the baby boomer boomer generation is preparing to to retire or has retired and we're seeing the next generation of loggers come in and they 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 operate their business very differently than if than their parents did in the past and and when i say that i mean they're a generation that have uh, grown up around electronics and computers and they're quite happy to embrace technology and uh, as a result uh, they're they're using a lot of the new data and programs etc that are out there for for loggers to to use so i would see that that trend of the next generation taking on is actually changing the industry um, you look at the amount of technology that's being embraced across the world now in the logging world and um, you look at some of the new technologies that are coming out of countries like New Zealand and places like that. I mean, they've become a, a, a world leader in technology for, for, uh, for logging. And uh, I think some of, the, some of the older generation of loggers are, are trying to embrace that technology, but they're also bringing, bringing new young people in to, to focus it. And I think that's a key thing with with succession is we're seeing more and more succession between the the next generation or key employees in a business and i've 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 worked with a few loggers now that they don't have uh family members that are the next generation but they have employees that have been with them for for a long time that they're now bringing in and uh so i've got uh, got one logger who's in his mid to late 60s and he just brought in a person who basically broke in with him when they were uh, 20 years old. They're now in their mid 30s and they just bought half the company uh, and they're going to run the business side by side for the next few years. And the likely plan would then be um, the, the younger individual to buy out completely. So we're seeing some new ways compared to what were, were being done 10 years ago as far as um, succession and bringing employee owners into to the business 
we're seeing lots of folks trying that or thinking about that, bringing their key people in. Because nine times out of 10, when I sit down with people and ask them about their business, they don't want to take their gear to auction because they're concerned about their employees. They've got long-term employees and they want to make sure that they're well taken care of uh, as far as retaining their employment. So I, I find that very rarely does does a contractor ever say, uh, if you come up with a plan that involves uh, the business continuing, do they ever say, no, I don't want to go that route. So uh, seeing a lot more of that trend towards the younger folks buying into the business. Yeah, that's actually really good to hear because it's always been a concern that not enough younger folks are getting into the business or want to stay in it for that long. So it's nice to hear that story about a younger employee or um, getting involved and going to take over the business. Yeah, no, and, and I think the the key thing there is, is um, for the business owners out there is it's not going to work for every employee because let's be honest, some people just have employee mindset and they will never be an owner no matter how long they work for you. They just will never get what running a business means or, or they just don't want to um, they don't they don't want to to run a business they just don't have that entrepreneurial spark to them so um you have to be picky when you're making those decisions on who you want to bring into ownership with you um but uh that's where a good long-term path uh works well i've got another client who um they have an ownership group and the original owners that started the business uh 50 years ago uh, they've just fully retired out now, um, and there's a group of four other key owners now, and they essentially have a plan. Uh, they're, the age span on that group of four owners is between uh, the oldest is 64 and the youngest is 32, and their plan is every five to ten years is one person will be retiring, and they'll be bringing a new a new uh, employee into the fold as an owner at that point in time. And uh, it's it's been working really, really well. And given they have that horizon that's far enough away, uh, they're able to, yeah, over that five or 10 year span, really test out all their employees and figure out who they want to um, ask to come to the, come to the table. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a really unique way of doing that. And I think something that I'm more loggers might want to consider in the future. Yeah, and I, I think the, the the key is is that uh, if if we want to maximize the value of businesses in in this industry, it, it is coming up with those create uh, creative, unique um, approaches and trying trying to get away as much as possible from that full on asset sale. Right. Uh, so would you say that more forestry professionals are aware of the importance of having a succession plan than say like 10 years ago? Uh, I would I would say they they most definitely are more aware. It's it's a conversation that comes up a lot now in in my meetings with with clients and and folks. If I run into folks at different um, trade conventions and stuff, that's I'd say one of the top of mind questions out there. It's something that's eating at everybody, and as the as the owner group ages, uh, it will only become more and more of a of a pressing need. You know, I, I will we'll see if in two years that average uh, age of a lug contractor across Canada is at 50, or or is, if it's gone up 50, it's now 52. We know we're not doing enough in the succession uh, 
world. But my my real hope is that we start seeing that number chip away a little bit and and maybe come down to mid 40s somewhere in that that ballpark. Yeah, I think that would definitely be a great thing to see, and uh, we'll be looking out for that in 2022. Uh, but what do you think some of the main challenges will be with regards to succession planning in the years to come? Um, so as much as much as I've talked today about bringing in uh, the next generation, I think that's going to be the key challenge as well. When I talk to a lot of a lot of my peers that I've gone gone through university with and that I went to school with back in high school, et cetera. Unfortunately, the industry has been pinned as this industry that's a dying industry. I argue that so many times whenever it comes up, but I know going through through school, it was always kind of like, oh, forestry, you know, it's it's there's job loss, job loss, job loss. And I think the media sometimes jumps on that as well. You know, you 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 hear all the bad news stories about mills shutting down, but the the, the good news stories are kind of they're not as covered by the media, I guess. So there's a mindset within that 20, 30 year old uh, out there that is this an industry that I want to sign up for for the long term? And uh, I mean, that's a, a big battle. It's just that education portion. And, and I think the, the industry needs to, to focus more on on educating. And, you know, maybe it's not actually educating that 20 or 30 year old mindset, but focusing on on the kids that are in school today and getting out there telling them how rewarding a career they can have in forestry and and promoting the uh, renewable portion of forestry that you've got a resource that's renewable and it grows back and i think there are on at least on on the use of forestry uh, product side we're doing a really good job educating there and, and changing the building codes and things like that. And I think the next step now is, is just to educate on a, a career in forestry and how beneficial that can be. Um, because that's, that's where your, your pool of future business owners are going to come from and uh, making sure that they're well aware of the industry. Another big challenge, honestly, is how do you convince someone who's mid thirties, early forties, and say, you know what, I've got this very successful business. It's making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. I need you to go out and get a bank loan for five million bucks to buy it from me. And you're going to have to put your house up on the line and personally guarantee the debt. And uh, this is an industry that, you know what, you could make $200,000 this year, but you might lose 100 next year. It's really, really hard to, to put that much debt out there. And, and, and that's just simply the the cost drivers of how much equipment is worth now like you have one side you, you've got a, you know many millions of dollars of debt now so it's it's really hard to say you know what we want you to go out and, and be a full phase logger in on the bc coast and and go go get a five million dollar loan a bank is going to look at a 35 year old with no history of running a logging company and just laugh so um the actual value that some of these businesses have grown is going to be a bit of a challenge and that's where trying to work with somebody early on to figure out okay how do we do this um, and the ownership model that we've had in the forest industry for the last 30 years probably isn't going to be the model that we're going to see for the next 30 years so I think that's that's probably one of the biggest challenges whenever I talk to my my peers across Canada 
that's the comment that that I consistently hear. Right. Yeah. It sounds pretty much like it's kind of an industry in transition right now because we're trying to get more young people involved, but doing so while everything is becoming a bit more expensive, it's not the easiest thing. But hopefully, with more education and uh, better succession planning, we'll be able to see the numbers change. And by the 2022 contractor survey, I'll be able to report that the average age is lower and there are fewer loggers without a succession plan. That would that would be great. And my closing comment today is for the listeners out there that don't have a succession plan, please start thinking about it. Go talk to your trusted advisor today and, and get started on it. Yeah, definitely important. Um, thanks again, Chris, for joining us today. No problem. It was my pleasure. And thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of the CFI podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode. This podcast brought to you by MNP features Chris Duncan, our national leader of forestry and forest product services. MNP, wherever business takes you. <laughs>